Hello and welcome to the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. On today's episode, we are joined by Nalika Bose. We discuss how to solidify yourself as an expert in what you do within the arts and if you have a niche, how to rock that niche. On today's episode of the Business of Show Business podcast, I am joined by an award-winning entrepreneur who is also a choreographer and movement director and is the founder and creative director of The Bollywood Co. Thanks for joining us, Nalika. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining me. I was so eager. As soon as I knew I was launching a podcast, I was like, I need Nalika because she is like a hashtag girl boss. Oh my gosh. She has a strong personal brand. (laughs) So we need to give a bit of context to our listeners. We go way back. 2013, I worked out. actually do go way back. And um, since when I did Bollywood Carmen on BBC Three and then joined the Bollywood Co. Exactly, I just grabbed you off the telly, didn't I? Yes. And one of the many amazing things that's happened since I last saw you is that both your personal brand and Bollywood Co. brand have really grown and you've solidified yourself as an um, Bollywood and Asian culture and dance expert. Can you tell us a bit more about what you do? So I am the owner and founder of Bollywood Co, which is a London-based dance company specialising in Bollywood. And I'm also a movement director and I specialise in looking at Asian arts. So things that bring kind of Indian culture to media, I would give movement direction or, you know, kind of specifically Bollywood, um, bring that style to mainstream. And I think that's my focus is really bringing Bollywood to the mainstream as opposed to Bollywood in Bollywood, because there's a lot of Bollywood choreographers in Bollywood already. So, yeah. And I think that's great because you have a niche, but you like rock that niche. Because I think sometimes as performers and creatives, like be whatever you want to be, or you can do a bit of everything, but sometimes... You think having a niche may exile you from work, yeah. but actually it actually opens up a massive pool of work within that niche. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, for me, having a niche was due to passion and drive. And I think you can't have a niche if you're not completely passionate about it. And you kind of exude that niche in every ounce of your being. Because I think even within that niche, there's lots of, it's like multifaceted. There's so much you can do within that. Um, and I wouldn't get bored. So I think some niches you can kind of just hit a wall very quickly. But with what I do, thankfully, there's there's a lot of different aspects to it. So I'm quite grateful. Right, we'll definitely get more into the mechanics of your business. But another thing I love about you is you dispel the myth of you have to go to a three-year musical theatre college or a drama school. Yeah. You actually have a degree in law. I correct? do, indeed. How did having your law degree help you craft this amazing career in the arts and culture sector? Mm, Good question. So I think the law degree itself, I wouldn't say played a part in crafting the company, but it did help me with being disciplined and having um, patience and understanding like the process of going through like an educational degree um, to get somewhere. And I think with law, there's no shortcuts. You do have to take all your exams, all your tests, and there is a a path. in creative careers there's often not a path so you have to make one so I kind of mapped out okay so this is my route there's no real degree I can take to to get to where I want to be so let me just craft some milestones and basically go through the processes of having those milestones to then finally reach a goal of you know having a company that I deem as successful so 
yeah, I think I've pretty much gone through some of those milestones and taken that path and I still take steps in that path daily. Um, but I think it definitely taught me patience and it definitely taught me that there's a lot of grey. There's not like black and white. There's a lot of in between. Um, and, I, and I think that's something that, you know, I find a lot of my performers are quite um, disheartened when they don't get auditions and they don't, you know, there's a yes, no. So like you either get the part or you don't. Whereas with a degree, you can sometimes not necessarily get the best grade, but you can still pass and you can still, you can still find your way back. You know, it's not a yes, no answer. There's almost like a sense of finality with, with performers that I find. And I think that also kind of affects their mental health. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard for me to motivate them because they, they're quite determined to see the positive or negative And there's no sort of in between. Yeah. No, I think that's a lovely way to look at it. Because like you said, well, now there is actually a big initiative where some cast directors are giving you a little bit of feedback or yeah. know when you go to audition, which is great. But that's only a new thing that's happened. Definitely. So we do, you almost kind of attach so much emotion to what we do. Yeah. And I think you look at your business and your personal brand. Obviously, there is emotion attached to it because it's, like you said, it's your niche, it's your being. Yeah. However, you kind of have that level head with it, which I think is a lovely... Yeah, I think it's quite impossible to carry on day to day if you constantly focus on the failure aspect or the, you know, oh, nailed that pitch. I kind of don't see it like that. It's obviously great to have business and we do have quiet periods. We do have ups and downs, but I try and always focus on two or three things at a time. So if I don't get one, there's obviously something else that I'm looking forward to or on the horizon. Because I, I really found very early on in my career that if I kind of took everything as a success or a failure, I wasn't going to get very far. So, yeah. That's great. So when did that little seed plants were like, right, laws, maybe not what I want to pursue at the moment, my passions of dance. Were you continuing your dance training alongside being at university? Yeah, I was. So at university, I joined all the societies and did Bollywood there. No one really took me seriously because I wanted to have like rehearsals in the middle of the night. I wanted to kind of go a step above. I trained with a company called Bollywood Grooves in London and I was very close with the owner and founder of that. And um, I'd always be going up and down to London to do shows there, even though I was quite young at the time for the group. Um, but the way that she trained was how I wanted to train my society groups. And they were just not having it. They were just like, who does she think she is? Like, this is a hobby. I was like, no, it's not. It's my life. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of grew my interest. And actually, even at that stage of my life, having people doubt me and go, what the heck is she on? that drove me because it made me think, you know, you know, if they don't want to be successful, go ahead. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, so I continued and sort of did the societies in a very kind of mediocre way. But then I knew that my heart lay in proper performing arts and down in London was where kind of I put all my effort in to, to see that grow. And I think the thing that's been amazing is that your You've come into the arts again, not from that traditional, I'm going to start at three, do ballet tap modern, go to music theatre college, and then maybe over time create your own company. You've come yeah. at it from a place of passion and logic, which yeah. is quite hard because as creatives we are emotive beings. Yeah. But it's led you, you've now, you've been featured on TV programmes, you've choreographed on TV programmes, you were in the Evening Standard recently for, well that was last year, was it? Yeah. For Our London. Yeah. How did, did that all come from you having your niche and almost solidifying yourself as an expert? Have people yeah, approached you? Exactly. Like, we don't really chase business um, 
so to speak. If there's something I really want, I'll pitch for it. But I've built something that's genuine, that's honest, that's actually everything it says it is. So there's no cracks in that. Once they start scratching beyond the surface, they can see, okay, wow, there's a lot to it. Um, So I think all of that has come from kind of making what we do 100% solid. Um, So yeah, they've all kind of been genuine opportunities where we've been approached, thank God. So it's lovely. And on that, you um, danced on ice recently, helped Torval and Dean on a Bollywood um, style number. How was that experience? That was amazing. They honestly really actually care about what they're doing and want to make sure everything's 100% genuine, authentic, um, and we're lovely people to work with. The whole team was wonderful and couldn't say anything better about the experience actually it's very cold conditions up there but obviously it's <laughs> icy but um they work really hard and all the pros you know they really do train so yeah and as a entrepreneur as well you um not only do you run your own company and choreograph you keynote speak you'd run your own spotlight on and well-being yeah. can you tell us a bit more about those workshops that you also participate in So I love to speak. (laughs) I love to share my knowledge because I think I've got such a varied bag of experience. Um, And I think a lot of this show business, like, enigma, like, it's, it's very... It's, it's quite a mystery and I love what you're doing, Jamie, because I have to say that there's very few people flying the flag for understanding the mystery behind it. And I think this is quite disheartening for people because they think, how am I ever going to get further in this when I don't even know what I'm doing? So for me, it's all about mental health making sure that you feel good, you can be the best person you can be, that you can live to fight another day. It is extremely draining, and I think that's something that I was very aware of um, quite early on. So that's one of my um, passions, to kind of make sure performers are well looked after from the inside out. And then, um, obviously, keynote speaking is something I've been asked to do following the company becoming more well-known. So that's exciting, Um, especially when you're asked to keynote speak from... um, people that aren't even in like show business or in dance so I've been asked to speak at the um IPA which is um for the the advertising um board of like you know places like um McCann and Ogilvy and they're all sort of members there and these are places that I would have pitched and and written to when I was starting out because I wanted to work in advertising and then I'm there speaking to heads of these companies it's absolutely unreal so very interesting part of my career and I think you've hit the nail on the head there where the skills we learn as creatives are so transferable and yeah. I think people don't necessarily see their worth outside of the audition room or outside of that networking event I with agents put it better. that's exactly why I'm doing this but it, you know it's got me burnt I have to be honest it's got me burnt I um I went to like so how I audition and how I grow my companies through the people and so I, I, I throw 150% into looking after them nurturing them and I got to a point where I was thinking am I doing this right because I'm being taken advantage of so so much so to the fact that two dancers that I taught Bollywood and like taught them from scratch from zero basically took a contract from me so I enable people to the point that, you know, okay, 
you haven't learned it from anywhere else and now you're going to go and take my contract it's 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 a difficult line to draw but I, to be honest that hasn't stopped me but I think I'm, I'm definitely more careful in who I invest my time with now because I obviously want everyone to do well and I, I definitely want my performers to eventually get those opportunities but not on the second Bollywood job is to be mine you know I have worked long and hard and I think that it takes time to create a product that's authentic what I've realized is some clients don't want a product that's authentic they may just want a quick product so um I think I can't blame it all on the people that take the opportunities sometimes you have to look at the clients as well accepting them so it has been a rocky ride and I'm learning everything along the way um but the main thing I think is not to get disheartened because if you do then you just stop in your tracks and then you stop building something that's pure yeah I think that's a a lovely way to um, sum it up also give experience because when I go in and um, lecture at colleges or on theatre school courses and I'm like you're no longer just a um, product you are your own CEO you're your chief finance officer you're head of your own marketing and PR and this is all things you've had to learn some you may have learned from university some skills you've learned along the way how do you try and balance all those aspects have you got to the point now where you feel sometimes maybe outsourcing certain elements benefits you in your time because obviously you're a mother you're a wife you've got the leak outside of dance as well or do you still kind of juggle all the balls yourself I do in the sense that I have a bird's eye view over everything. I'm lucky enough to have made like a nice little black book over the years of names and people and faces. And if someone impresses me once, I'll always go back to them. Um, But I have an assistant now who works with me three days a week and she kind of helps share the workload in terms of admin. Um, And a really key part of her training was to get her to kind of really embody that brand voice because that's really important to me that anyone that comes on the company shares that passion for the brand so she helps with with the day-to-day workload but in terms of the the building the brand I think that will always be me and um I've realized how important video is I've realized how important socials are but I still like to keep a personal touch because I think that's what helps brands engage when there's a real person behind it and that person is speaking in their voice not like a robot telling you what to say so our brand's always been about people um and every class is taught by someone that's an expert in the field so um I think the family and the brand grows just as um you know the socials grow because there's real people behind them yeah I always say you are the solution to someone's problem and I think how you're saying there you've got a strong personal brand that is also in line with your company brand which is amazing because sometimes performers do get disheartened when they're like they go up for every audition under the sun, not necessarily realising that they aren't right for all of them. Yeah. And then they take it quite personal or they give up. And that's fine if you need time away and come back. I also think that's very healthy in the industry. But just touching on what you've said there, as by being true to yourself and building your personal brand, there's probably at times when that has stopped you getting work. However, it's lined up some amazing opportunities that you were grateful to work alongside. Yeah, I do think with a client relationship, I used to think that you... 
you need to get every client and actually now I'm realizing some clients are not right for you that experience that you'll go through the difficulty along the way to achieve that job and what they want may not be worth it um so you know some clients probably don't even see the mental stress that they'll put on you to get to the desired product and I I do think now everything happens for a reason and I used to believe that you know, you should go above and beyond to to get that job and get that pitch. And now I don't go above and beyond. Actually, I just present my product as it is. And if it if it fits, it's a good fit. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And there's no hard feelings with that. Yeah. Having well, you're, although you still dance, you obviously choreograph a lot now and do the movement direction. What do you look for in a dancer? Because I think you can always train someone up on skills, but there's certain things like. Are they personable? Are they punctual? Do they get on well with the others? Things like that you can't necessarily teach. So what is it you look for in a performer? Obviously, you've recently worked on a big project that we can't say anything about. Yeah. But you had to hold an audition for that. Yeah. What is it you look for in someone to obviously then they have to be part of the brand? Yeah, it all depends on the job. So um, it was a movie that we did actually and it will be out later this year. Um, and it was probably the biggest opportunity I've ever had in my lifetime and I don't know if anything else will come close Um, but for that I was literally just looking for the best dancers for the job and for that I needed people that would give 100% every single day when they came in Um, you know no excuses they're on time and there till it's done Um, and best portrayed you know the vision we were going for um for my own company it's slightly different so there were people I auditioned for that job that I wouldn't take on for my company simply because personally I don't know if they would take that direction from me and I have a very unique vision of how I want to see Bollywood portrayed in mainstream media that might not agree with everyone that might not be how they they work it might not be even how they dance you know um I've had commercial and western training previously and a lot of Bollywood um, choreographers might not see that as necessary but with my vision of Bollywood it is necessary so I think the main thing I look for in the dancers is that they believe in me they understand my vision they take good direction and they're also very down to earth and they don't have any preconceptions of of how things should be they just kind of understand the family workings of this company because there's a few personalities within the company there's me there's Kush um there's Sanya like we're all we all play quite different roles but we all work together and respect each other um so for a lot of people if they don't understand that dynamic they they might find it you know a bit strange because there's like a there's a triangle there's a little pyramid there and like I respect each person in that pyramid whereas um other dance companies they're just like a simply a principle and you just have to follow that person and oh how can you follow three people but it works for me so yeah for you now as a dancer success can be maybe measured in if you book the job or you didn't book the job but as a company owner what is success for you now because obviously you have grown and developed as your company's grown and as you're Mm. taking on more people what maybe what is success and also what does rejection mean for you now because again as a dancer if you don't get the job yeah you're like oh that's your rejection for you now how is it what are those success and rejection for you so um success generally for me has now meant building my own opportunities so 
I'm not really seeing the kind of opportunities I want to see for my people, for my dancers. So we are doing this year a musical called Ben Goes to Bollywood, which I've written myself. And it will be based around one of our dancers called Ben, Ben Rawlings. And it's his journey to Bollywood. And um, the short of the storyline is he walks into an audition room and he walks out with the part, but it's not the part that he thought he was getting. So he thinks he's auditioning for a TV commercial, but he actually ends up doing a Bollywood audition because he walks into the wrong room and he ends up getting it and being sent to Bollywood completely out of his comfort zone. So for me, this kind of embodies the whole company um, basically taking Bollywood and putting it in a Western kind of setting, trying to understand it, trying to understand the ins and outs of the culture, um, but also how amazing it can be when the cultures clash. So... Um, I think the storyline basically lends itself to what we're about as a company and we're going to do it um, once in Cambridge which is for a client who's bought it and then once in London which is my own passion project because I know that it needs to be seen in London so that will be happening next month actually it's very very soon god knows why I do things with such short timelines (laughs) what who or what inspires you are there any books you read or any individuals along your journey that have helped you get to where you are there is a book which i absolutely love um i'm hoping i remember the exact title it's by paul arden um and it's called it's not how good you are it's how good you want to be and it's got these little bite-sized nuggets of wisdom and i'm not one for reading massive long chapters um because i get really bored very easily and it just kind of gives you these like motivational liners that and they're so true everything about it is true and that's something I identify with you know like a certain line would be um it's not always the smartest kid that does well at school it's the one that you know tries the hardest or you know I'm paraphrasing here but it has a lot of wisdom that if you just think about it all these statements if you live your life by this book you're going to get places you know so yeah love that book I think Mm. it's so important to read and I like books by like Tim Ferriss um business books and I think it's so important to grow and develop so I'm yeah. glad you had a good little book to recommend yeah that one and uh, there's another one on resilience and it is simply called resilience and my last spotlight was on resilience and um I don't know the name of the author but I'm sure it was on offer at WH Smith <laughs> well I'll get the um, funny listeners I'll get the details from the leaker and I'll put the links to the books in the show notes Ooh, Ooh yes fancy so if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world, or mm. let's go for London or Times Square, what would it say? What is your little nugget of advice? What is your mantra? Oh, gosh. Is this advice for the peoples? For the peoples. All of the peoples. Oh. Hmm. I think be yourself without apology. Mm. I like that. That's yeah. good. Be yourself without apology. I like that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> no, that's really good. Um, mine's always risk versus reward. Is the risk of something worth the reward? Mm-hmm. And that's something now I always, because I'm always, I don't know about you, but I'm always someone that I hear my gut saying something. And I'm yeah. like, oh no, I don't need to listen to it. Because you know when you're like, should I, shouldn't I? But actually, yeah. you, you do know. Yeah. So now that's a good way of helping me think, right, is the risk of doing this worth the reward of me yeah. doing it? Nice. And I loved your one as well, because like, yeah, you, again, you are the solution to someone's problem. Yes. Obviously, don't go down the street, punch people in the face. Yeah. But be who you are and everything you have to offer. Yeah. And you're not right for everyone, but don't apologise. Exactly. Don't apologise. Just be, 
that doesn't mean I, I mean I don't mean that to come across in an aggressive way because I absolutely shouldn't <laughs> but you can be yourself and you don't need to apologize for it and if you're not right for someone you simply just move on to the next connection because you might be right for that yeah, yeah. I also wish people could watch because I'm very handsy when I talk I realize oh. I'm not obviously not handsy on the leak it's handsy like in the air and I'm like oh god if someone was watching us they're like what is he doing I feel like that's the next step isn't it the, the video version of this. Yes, I think 100%. so. That's a lovely segue to my next question. Like you read my mind. Oh gosh. You are great, um, the visual of like your images and videos for your company and both yourself. What do you feel the places of social media in the creative industries? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to say Instagram is like a, like no one can win right now. It's so hard and you can't win unless you post content that may not align with who you are because Instagram wants one dimensional people right now to get followers, to get likes. The more dimensions you show of yourself, the less people will engage. And that's sadly just because that's the way the platform is built. Um, TikTok is built for humor. It's built for multifaceted people. It's built to show different parts of your self. But again, if you specialize in something, you're gonna grow fast. So I think right now, social media is so important. However, I can't put all my eggs in the social media basket because I'm literally gonna go insane because it's it's not a winning game if you have a business, you know? If your business is built on social media, you're an influencer. If your business is a business without social media, you're a business. So for me, I am a business that could operate without social media. It would be a damn sight harder, but I think you have to always focus on, I did a, a course called The Business of Dance, which was um, a module in Pro Academy, which we did two years ago. And my module was The Business of Dance. And I basically asked people to write a business plan and they had 15 minutes to write it. And then in the last five minutes, I said, okay, cool. So now you're gonna take away social media. So social media doesn't exist. There's no YouTube, there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, there's nothing who still has a business and literally two people still had a business. And I think because I started my business before social media, I kind of know what it looks like to have a business without it. So as much as I think it's a hugely important thing, the fact we have classes that you can literally just walk into having picked up a paper um, timetable, you know, that, that shows that there is still life in the outside world outside of social media and all these classes that are growing online what if you create a product that looks so good online that when you get there you're like this is pretty awful you know I have to make sure that my presence and my feet are firmly on the ground in reality because that's really what's going to retain the business and keep people talking I absolutely love what you just said you've hit the nail on the head I've been in social media marketing and content creation for over five years now and there's so many people who think that, as you said, the algorithms for each platform change all the time. All the One time, minute they yeah. value video, the next minute they want conversation and engagement, then they want paid advertising. And that's great if you can stay on top of it. But mm. people, that's why I think people's emotions fluctuate because their likes will drop. Or, yeah. And I think someone else then controls it. We're like, by having, as you said, you built a business, don't build your dream home on someone else's land. Exactly. Like, oh, love that. Yeah. By having your own website, your emailing list, your word of mouth, you've got your business model in place. Like you said, it's harder without social media. Yeah. But it can be. It can, yeah. And I think why build, you see people that have 20,000 followers on Instagram, 
200 on Twitter and don't have a website. And I was like, there's a disconnect there because what if Instagram goes down for two days, three days, or your account gets penalised because you've not kept up to date with the algorithms? Yeah. The power's gone. Yeah. I think your power should never be taken away by a platform. And it's super important to hold your power within yourself and what you do. And if the platform highlights that, phenomenal. But if it's the only way people can reach you, you're at a loss. So, No, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head and I love that. Because I always say to people, don't leave your talent in the audition room because you're only in there for, say, 16 bars of a song or exactly. 30 minutes. So social media is a great way to unpack all the other skills you have. Mm. However, that needs to match up who you are offline. Exactly. Don't edit the, a showreel to high heavens. You can do all this amazing stuff, but actually in reality... Yeah. You can do that after like 20 attempts or you need like two hours to warm up to do that crazy trick. Yeah, yeah. I think social media is a funny old game and I think it's making things a lot harder for performers. Um, it is great because it gives casting directors access to people um, and it gives you an opportunity to put your best foot forward, but that's really all it is. It's your best foot forward. It's not the be all and end all. Um, but I think it's really hard to convince people of that because they see it doing such huge things for people. And I think the only, not even, it's not even a positive, but there's been some really sad cases recently in social, um, in the media, sorry, where social media has played a part, possibly in people um, with suicide and yeah. bullying. And I just really hope that from that now, people are getting more wise, more savvy, because in social media is fantastic for performers because you can connect with creatives, you can showcase your work, it's amazing, but there is this negative side, so I think you've done a very nice... Oh, yeah. Uh, middle I, road there. That's yeah, good I think middle path is something I've always been committed to kind of sharing, because I think in a showbiz world, like whether it's entertainment or music or whatever, that we deal in extremes. We're only really interested in people when they're either doing really well and phenomenally successful and we want to find out what's the story or they're down in the dumps, they've fallen off their pedestal and oh god, what's happened to them? We don't really care about people when they're in the middle and I think the middle is where you should be. The middle is where we should focus on and it's where we should encourage people to live. Um, we shouldn't encourage them to live at the, the top or the bottom of the scale because that's dangerous. So Like social media can give... It makes perfection the norm now. Yeah. So when the good is not good enough anymore, exactly. when actually that is still good. Yeah, the good um, is great. Yeah, exactly. The good is great. Where can people find um, you personally online and the company online? Because you do fantastic dropping courses. You do obviously your own like spotlight on workshops. Yeah. How can people find you? So my Instagram is where I update the latest. Having said that social media is not the be all and end all. So um, my personal Instagram is at Nalika. And then The Bollywood Co. has a website and I have my personal website. So it's nalika.com or thebollywoodco.com. Amazing. And what is the five-year plan now for the Nico? It's 2020. Where would you like your company, personal brand, to be by 2025? I would love to see us doing more tours with artists. I would love to see us um, in the mainstream media regularly. Um, I would love to see dancers have a voice and, you know, be individually recognised for being part of the brand. Um, I'd love the brand to represent uh, diversity in dance as well as in Bollywood specifically. Um, And really make sure that 
dancers are trained in in the way that I have trained so for me it was really important to train in western dance because there's a certain aspect of discipline that you don't get in the Bollywood training um and also I think yeah just just see the company grow and the people like for me it's the people I would really love to see a lot of the same team members in five years grow as well as dancers so yeah same faces I'm excited because I've seen you, you've done like BBC, MTV, <laughs> newspapers, print. So I'm super excited to see where you and the company goes. Oh, me too, me too. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. It was an absolute pleasure to chat to Nalika. And hopefully you learned something from that. She gave away so many amazing nuggets of information. Do tune in next week for another episode. And if you are feeling particularly friendly, why not leave a review on your streaming platform? 